You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. Here in Psalm 22, we're in the third part of the crucifixion psalm. So we had the, one of the sayings of Jesus on the cross to start the psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Quoted in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Excuse me, Matthew and Mark, pardon me. That's just Matthew and Mark. And then we ended last time, verse 18, the prophecy of the dividing of the garments and casting lots for clothes. That's the one in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we said, we've, so we've got this psalm describing the crucifixion, describing death. The righteous one being beset on every side, as verse 16 summarized, we'll say, or use it as a summary, the dog can encompass me, the band of evildoers encircles me, and they pierce my hands and feet, but I can count my bones. They stare and gloat. They divide my garments among them. For my clothing they cast lots. Well, we could, as we've said before, if we put that verse in one of the Gospels, we'd recognize it as history, but here, In the book of the Psalms, it is prophecy. But now, after the death scene, we have quite a bit more. And that's the hope of the gospel, that the death scene is not the end of things. We think about our story of our life with the hope in the gospel. We know there's going to be a stop at a grave, at a final resting place. But how many of us picture that as the last scene? It's not the last scene, right? It's barely one of the middle scenes of the whole thing. And so it is the death scene in Psalm 22 is not the end of the psalm. Instead, verse 19 continues. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly into my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword and my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild beast. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I'll praise you. So we've gotten out of the death scene, and now we're back with the brethren. We're in the middle of the assembly of God's people, where praise is given. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. At the ends of the earth, all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow down all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity will serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generations. And they shall proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. 
what we have here in just but slightly veiled form. And again, we think about this being encoded and left and, and sung in the songbook by the Jewish people for generations until the Messiah came. We have here the victory in the resurrection of Jesus. We know this whole psalm has been about him. Uh, there uh, in verse uh, 22, I will tell your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I'll praise you. Should sound familiar. Psalm, uh, that psalm is in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, we read verse 11, and then the quotation of this psalm from it. For he who sanctifies and those who sanctify are sanctified all have one source. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell your name to my brethren, to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. That's a prophecy of Jesus singing the praises of God in the congregation after his resurrection. We sometimes think about the promise of Jesus in the Lord's Supper, which he prophesied just before his death. I will not eat or drink of this until I do it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so when we take the Lord's Supper, who do we say is with us? Based on that promise, we talk about Jesus being with us. Well, here's a promise from the Psalms quoted in the New Testament and applied directly to Jesus with us as his brothers doing what? Singing in the congregation. So in the, in the Lord's Supper, we rightly speak of the presence of Jesus. Well, when we sing praises to God in the congregation, whose presence is also there in the same way, in the same type of promise? It's Jesus, but by a much older prophecy than the one given to the Last Supper. So he's with us in the congregation. He tells all the offspring of Jacob and all the offspring of Israel, stand with me and glorify God. He doesn't despise or abhor those who are afflicted. He helps them and saves them when they cry out. And then it mentions the congregation again in verse 25 here back in Psalm 22. For you come my praises in the great congregation. I'm not sure if that's a reference to the church at large or the church in whole. I think it probably is. Like in Hebrews 12, we've come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Well, who's the leader of praise there? And who's the praise directed to and through? It's to Jesus. And all the things that God has promised, including victory over death, these he has performed. And so we can trust in the Lord. Well, what if we die doing it? Look down at verse 29. All the prosperous of the earth come and worship. And earlier we had in verse 27, all the families of all the nations come and worship, which sounds to me an awful, like, an awful lot like the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the kingship belongs to the Lord. And so now we're in verse 29 again. All the prosperous of the earth, they eat and worship. Before him shall bow all those who go down to the dust, even the ones who could not keep themselves alive. Well, what happens to us in our service of God and what happens to us in living in these promises and this hope that eventually our bodies fail and eventually we die? It's not the end. That's not the final scene. But he will bow, he will have us bow, he will have us worship, even in that state. So, posterity will serve him, it shall be told of the Lord to all the coming generations, and they'll proclaim his righteousness to a people not yet born, that he has done it. And so, I'm sure that the Jews, as they sang this song, they thought about, you know, 
Well, we're going to keep this going for a while. We're going to keep singing these songs and telling everybody. And they did so for 700 years from the time of David until the time of Christ. But now, in that same hope and in that same Messiah, what have we been doing for two millennia so far? And how long do we expect this praise to continue? How long do we expect the worship of God to go on based on what's promised here and delivered, uh, promised in Psalm 22, delivered in the Gospels? What do we expect for millennia to come? For as long as it will be, this will still continue because it is based in the work of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And then it shall continue even on until the end of all eternity, which, of course, we know there's no end to that. So Psalm 22, that's the victory section. That's the the, uh, uh, resurrection section. And as it says, he sings praise in the midst of the brethren, and the Hebrew writer applies that to what we do in the church. So I, I find that to be very comforting. Here's a prophecy. It's not too often we read of these prophecies of old, and we go, hey, that's me. That's my line. And on this one, though, that's my line. I get to be part of that congregation to sing his praise. All right, with that, we'll close. And ask tonight if you need to come and join that congregation of those who are redeemed and washed in his blood by confessing his name, by uh, putting their trust in him, uh, submitting to him, uniting with him in baptism, coming to walk in that new life, a sanctified life in him. If you need to come, we offer the invitations. We stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available online at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.